Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. Hey, um, if you have a Bible with you, uh, go ahead and grab that and get that out and uh, turn with me to the Old Testament, uh, to the book of Joshua. So we're going to be hanging out in Joshua today. Two weeks in a row we get to hang out in the Old Testament, so hope you're excited about that. So Joshua chapter 1, and you guys can just hang out there. I'll tell you what verse uh, here in just a second. Um, want to uh, also remind you, Jake mentioned earlier that uh, you guys have some response cards on your seats. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and uh, get those out. Maybe you shoved them down the row as you came in or whatever. But I want to encourage you to grab those. And there's a place for you to take notes today. And uh, man, I would love for you to take notes today, not because I have anything good to say, but because we are hearing from God's word today. And we believe God has something great he wants to say to us today. Um, And so I want to encourage you, write it down. Feel free to take notes on your phone or tablet. uh, Follow along on your phone or tablet as well. And then we're going to ask everybody that's here today, whether it's your first time with us or you've been coming since, you know, A1, day one, like we want to encourage you to fill out that blue card. Um, That's something that all of us do every week uh, to just at least say, man, um, this is a prayer request. This is something you can be praying about for me. We have a team that meets every week to pray individually over every single uh, prayer request. So I want to encourage you guys can go ahead and be uh, filling those out. We'll drop them off uh, later on during our response time and our service today. Um, Hey, as we are talking about New Year's, um, you know, we're in this new sermon series we started last week called New Year and a Fresh Start. And uh, man, here's what I know, like whether it's a new year or what, man, I believe in fresh starts because I believe that's what the gospel does for us. I believe the good news about Jesus is that he takes something that's dead and makes it alive. But I also believe the good news about Jesus, he doesn't just do that one time, that the gospel can continually be changing our hearts, our attitude, our responses, um, even after we are saved. And so I believe that if you're like, man, dang it, Brandon, I've already broken, like, I didn't tell anybody my resolutions, but in my head, I had a couple of resolutions, and I didn't tell anybody, but I've already broken them. I got good news for you today. You can have another fresh start. Like, you can start over. You can start over, because our Jesus, the God we worship, doesn't just give us fresh starts when the clock strikes midnight. Jesus will give you a fresh start in the middle of your day, at 11 a.m., at 2 a.m., like, Jesus is the master at giving people fresh starts, and Um, I was thinking about kind of some New Year's traditions and different resolutions that we make and things that we do during uh, New Year's. And, and I've, I've learned actually this year, it's crazy. I've been alive this long. I've just now learned that there are like some different traditions that people have for New Year's. Uh, how many of you have like a tradition or a superstition that you do during New Year's? Okay, there's like four of us. Okay, great. Uh, well, I think you might have heard of some of these. I, I'm, I grew up um, in a Greek family, so I, I, half of my family is Greek. I'm 50% Greek. And one of the things that we would do um, is we would take, like we'd make, for New Year's Day, we'd make a fresh loaf of bread. 
and we would take a, a coin, usually a dime. I don't know why it had to be a dime. We'd take a dime, and we'd wrap it up in tinfoil and bake it in the bread. And then you would bake the bread, cut the bread, and then uh, whoever got the coin was the one who was going to have either good luck or a really big dentist bill um, whenever they had the new year started, all right? Um, and so that's kind of what we did, kind of like a Mardi Gras. I, you guys ever do like a king cake? You guys ever had a king cake and they make like a little, put a little baby in it and you like break a tooth, but you get to bring the next cake? I don't know. It's kind of a, kind of a weird, yeah, it's like a weird uh, tradition thing. Um, I, learned, I learned this one this year that in some countries, and I, I think I heard it was like in Brazil specifically, that they like during New Year's will go out to the beach. And like that's kind of their thing. And they'll go like out into the water and that you're supposed to like jump through seven waves. And with every wave that comes, you make like a different wish. If you, as you, so you get seven wishes. So I kind of like that better because it's like you don't just get one wish, you get seven, you know. But then uh, you got to go into the water during New Year's. And so I don't know how I feel about that. I think I just do it in the bathtub, I think is what I would do. But that's, that's crazy. And, uh, and then there's this other tradition and this is so wild because, like, apparently this is a whole thing, but I've just now heard about it and, uh, and, like, heard some people talking about it even here. And I know they've done it in, like, some different countries. But have you guys heard about the, the eating grapes tradition? You've heard about it? Why haven't you? I've known you almost my whole life. Why haven't you told me about this? I just, I, do you know all about it? Okay. So anybody else know about the grapes? Okay, all right, so you, so I think, I think I understand it, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, like when you're getting close to, when it strikes midnight and the clock does like the bong, bong, you know, like the 12 times or whatever, let me just do that for you. But no, I'm just kidding. And so, like, you have that, you're supposed to eat a grape at every uh, bong. So you're supposed to like, every time there's a bang on the thing, you're supposed to eat a grape. I know it's bad. But you're supposed to, you're supposed to eat a grape. And uh, with every one, I think it's true that you get to like make a wish or you get good luck or something. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. But I know there's like a penalty if you miss one. So like if you if you're doing it 12 times and you like like the the banging is you know the bells are done and you still like are putting grapes in your mouth then you're like you're none of your dreams come true. So that's I know it's really sad. So you got to you got to really eat the grapes really fast. And I want to encourage you I don't know why we have to wait until New Year's. Let's all do that when we get home today. That sounds uh, really fascinating. I didn't realize this. I don't know if you're looking for love in the uh, in the new year, but uh, if you're looking for love, apparently it's an Irish thing. Of course, it would be an Irish thing that you would take some mistletoe, put it under your pillow on December 31st, and whoever you dream about, <laughs> whoever you dream about, is who you're going to fall in love with that year. So. It's amazing. I don't suggest it for married people in the house because uh, there's no guarantees. But uh, hey, if you're single and that's your thing, man, I don't know. Let's try it tonight. I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a thing. Um, and so uh, me, I grew up in the South. Our thing is uh, black eyed peas. You guys heard of that? Yeah, black eyed peas and cornbread. But there's nothing special about the cornbread. It's just good, right? I think, yeah, it's just good. But the black-eyed peas are supposed to bring you good luck, and then you're supposed to eat cabbage or greens. Okay, I think we always did cabbage, which is why I hate it to this day. I don't know, it just smelled bad in the kitchen. Anyway, hey, I'm trying to preach a message. Can we talk about this later? 
right, so, so we, you have greens, and the greens are supposed to give you good financial success. And so it's like, yeah, so you just like hold your nose and eat the greens and get rich. It's amazing. It's really cool. Um, here's what I know. There's a lot of New Year's traditions out there. Those are just some ones I found I thought were interesting. But hey, listen, as a follower of Jesus, as, uh, as we talk about the, like getting a fresh start this year, there are also some things you can do as a follower of Jesus to get a fresh start this year. Like, and, and here's the thing about these things. They're not superstitions. They're not traditions. They're not things that we just do and nobody knows why. It's just somebody made it up a couple hundred years ago and we do it. Like, that, that's none of these. Like, these are literal things that we can do to grow closer to God. Because here's what I know, and we'll say this later on in the message today. Here's what I know. Getting closer to God this year, listen to me, is not going to happen on accident. You don't accidentally bump your way into like a close relationship with God. A close relationship with God happens intentionally. It happens intentionally. Now, obviously, it happens through the blood of Jesus. It happens through like what Christ has done for us. There's nothing you need to do to earn the love of God or the salvation of God that's been paid for, that's done. But man, if you want to really dig in, if you really want to know God more, like God wants you to do that. God wants you to know him. He's not playing hide and seek and trying to run away from you. Like God wants you to know him. And this year, there are some things you can do other than shoving grapes in your mouth or sleeping with mistletoe. Like there there are things you can do this year to grow closer to God than you ever have been. And so that's kind of what we're talking about over these next couple of weeks. Um, today, I want to talk to us really about what it looks like um, for us to be, uh, to read God's word today. Like, what does that look like and what does that mean? Now, I just want to say a couple of caveats. Like, as we get started, most of the time when I grew up, when I would go to church, I grew up a uh, Baptist brat going to church and doing all this stuff. Like, when I would go to church, most of the time when I would hear messages about reading your Bible, this is what it sounded like. Read your Bibles or you really stink and your life is going to be miserable. And you should always want to read your Bible. And if you don't, well, heck, I don't even know if you're saved. So read your Bibles. Have a great week, everybody. We're so glad that you came to church today. And then I would walk out of church and I'd be like, crap, I don't love Jesus. I'd be like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, like I, I didn't read, I only read my Bible three times this week. But this dude's saying I'm supposed to read it 24-7. So then here's what I would do. I would make an emotional decision. I'd make a decision, caught up in the moment, feeling guilty, feeling a little manipulated, feeling like, I don't know, I, I do love God, I want to love God, but I'm not reading the Bible like I should, so I don't know what to do. So, so I'd make like, we'd be singing a song, you know, um, and, and I'd be like, you know, everybody's singing, just as I am. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to read my Bible every day for the rest of my life. And I'd be like, oh, gosh, did I just say that? I can't believe I just said that. So then I'm like, yeah, I guess. And, and God, you know what? You know what else? I'm going to read my Bible three times a day for the rest of my life. You know what, God? I'm going to read through the whole Bible six times this month is what I'm going to do. Like, I, I mean, I just make all these wild, crazy, like, I can do this, you know? And then you know what happened 100% of the time? I failed. I failed. I don't feel bad for me. I, I, I failed. I had it coming. Like, I'd make all these outlandish, but then what would happen is I entered what I call the cycle of guilt. A cycle of guilt where I would go, man, I'll do better next time. 
And then I would try again, and I'd fail. And I'd say, man, i got to do better next time. And I'd try again, and I'd fail. And so here's how we combat the cycle of guilt, is with the cycle of grace. We combat the cycle of guilt with the cycle of grace. Here's what that means. Um, God forgives you, now get up and try it again. God forgives you, so get up and try it again. And because God forgives you, he's not, it's not like next time you open up your Bible, he's going to be like, so, where you been? All right? That's not, that's not how it works. Like, because God doesn't work on a cycle of guilt. God works on a cycle of grace. And so when you haven't read your Bible for three days, three months, three years, ever, when you haven't done that and you go to open up your Bible, he is not like with a big beard and a lightning bolt going, yeah, 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 turn to Leviticus. You know, like he's not doing that. That's not him. What God is doing is going, oh my gosh, my child wants to hear from me. My child wants to talk to me. I've missed you. I have so much to tell you. I have so much that I want to tell you and share with you. And, and that's the way that the relationship with God works. So I wanted to just say, as we talk about that today, like, listen to me, church, don't leave here feeling guilty. Don't leave here feeling like you've messed it up. Don't leave here feeling like you've gone too far away or like you've, you've messed it up. Leave here today knowing you can have a fresh start. God will give it to you and you can start over. Like you get to start over today um, and read God's word. So um, let's read together uh, in the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And uh, here's what's going to happen. I don't usually do this. I, I might not do it. I don't need to make any promises. But I think I'm going to read the whole passage. And then I think I'm just going to make a few points about it. All right? So I'm going to try not to stop and get too pumped up about what we're reading. So, uh, but don't hold me to it um, because I'm in a cycle of grace. All right, here we go. Joshua <laughs> chapter 1, verse 1. It says this. After the death of Moses. Everybody say Moses the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, everyone say Joshua, Joshua, the son of Nun. Sorry, I just preached at a youth camp this weekend, so I'm kind of like on high school mode a little bit. Um, the, uh, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Uh, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Think Lion King, okay? You know, all of this is yours, Simba, all right? It's kind of like that. Um, verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Look at verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that so good? I love this passage. Now, I just want to point out a couple of things to you. Um, We're going to really focus on kind of verses uh, 7 through 9. And so, like, if you're taking notes, if you're looking, I wanted to read the whole thing because I don't like taking verses out of context. I want you to hear the whole story and what God's Word is saying. But I really want to focus in on verses 7 through 9 today. But I want you to to look at verse uh, 6 for a second. Because in verse 6, this is the first time that God basically sets the scene. He says, Moses is dead. Joshua, you're up. You're going to be the next leader. I'm going to give you the promised land. And uh, and I can imagine Joshua looking around and he's like, look, as far as your eye can see, that's going to be the promised land. That's going to be the land you're going to inherit. And I'm sure Joshua's like, "Uh, this is going to be a big job, right? And so God says this to him in verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. So God can kind of sense a little trepidation in Joshua, right? Joshua, even though like he's a he's a mighty warrior, like a lot of times we paint biblical characters to be kind of, you know, just average Joes, and and they they were just average humans, but Joshua was like the commander of the military. So he's kind of like, you know, rough and tough and in charge. And uh, and God is telling Joshua what all he's about to do. And he senses Joshua might be a little intimidated. And so he looks at Joshua and says, hey, Josh, you got to be strong and you got to be courageous because I'm going to give it. Like he doesn't say be strong and courageous because you got this, bro. He says be strong and courageous because I am going to do it. So you're strong and courageous because I am going to give this to you. I am going to do the work. So buck up, like be strong and courageous. Know that you got God on your side. Isn't that awesome? That's so cool. But then I read verse 7. And if you look at verse 7, it says something a little different. God repeats himself, but not really. He said in verse 7, he says this, Only be strong and very courageous. So this time, God looks at Joshua and says, Hey, I can tell you're a little nervous about all the military action. Be strong and courageous. I got this. Then God says, But there's something else. Like there's something else that you need to do. And to do that, I'm saying only be strong and be very courageous. Like it takes strength and courage to overtake land as far as the eye can see. But it takes only strength and a ton of courage to what? To obey God's word. Like, that's the, di- that's the difference that God makes. He says, yeah, 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 we'll militaristically, we'll take over the land. You'll have the promised land. I'll be with you. I won't forsake you. We'll do that and everything. But Josh, listen to me. Only one thing. You need to be strong. And you know how I told you to be courageous? Well, in this, you need to be very courageous. Read my word. Do what it says. And so what I want to do is I want to share with us, I don't know how many we'll get through today, but a few points today. I want to share with us from the book of Joshua, from from verses 7 through 9, about what we can do to be in God's Word more this year. Okay, And so I want you to write these down. I want you to take notes. I want you to see. So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is number one. Um, Number one, the first thing that God's Word says that we should do to be in God's Word is to receive strength and courage to remain in God's Word. Receive strength and courage to remain in God's Word. God's word. See, this is what's interesting is that 
It doesn't start, like God doesn't start with, you know, um, here are some seven tips and tricks or, you know, here's some, here's an acronym or here's some methods or here's this or that. He doesn't start with, you know, yeah, yeah, I know uh, Deuteronomy is a hard book, but we try to get through Genesis first, a lot more poetic. Like God doesn't like immediately start feeding Joshua's practical side. As a military officer general, that's probably what Joshua wanted, was like, give me the commands, give me the orders. Instead, God starts with the attitude of his heart. Like, God doesn't start with Joshua's practical commands. God starts with the attitude of Joshua's heart. And he says, man, only be strong and great. Like that word only, highlight or circle or write down that word only because that's really important because here's what that's saying. If you can only focus on one thing, like if you only have enough bandwidth, if you only have enough energy, if you only have enough time to focus on one thing, God says, let me tell you what that one thing should be. Now that's important. Because this isn't Brandon telling you. It's not like I brought my bag of tricks and said, in my opinion, this is what you should focus on. Like, this is from God. Like, like God says, if you only have time to focus on one thing, Joshua, here's the one thing that I want you to focus on. Strength and a lot of courage. Strength and a lot of courage for what I'm about to tell you, which is to be in God's word. So listen, man, this is what we know. We know that it takes courage to do what God's Word says. It takes courage. Like, it's not something you just read it and go, forgive one another as He has forgiven you. And you go, oh, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I'm about to call everybody that I hate. And I'm about to just invite them over for a nice potluck dinner. Like, nobody does that. You know why? Because it takes a lot of strength and courage to do that. It takes a lot of courage to send a text message and say, can we grab coffee this week? Can I talk to you? Because I need to ask for your forgiveness. Or I need to forgive you for some things. Like that takes courage. So guys, listen, God knows that it takes courage to do what God's word says. And so that's why God says he doesn't start with go obey everything and go take over the land, Joshua. Instead, he says, listen, before I start telling you what to do, we need to talk about your attitude because it's going to take some strength and courage to do what I'm telling you to do. Listen, guys, it takes courage to believe in God's word. Like some of us, man, some of you grew up in church and you've been reading God's word and you got verses memorized and you read verses and some of you even listen to Joshua and you're like, yeah, 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 I colored this coloring sheet before, Brandon. Like, I got this. I know how to do this. Like, you're all over it. And, but listen, guys, it takes courage to just believe God's word. There's some crazy stuff in here. In fact, like as soon as I got up, I started talking about a Savior who came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and rose three days later and is alive today. I mean, sometimes we hear that and you grew up in church and you hear that truth and you go, yeah, yeah, I expect to hear that at church. But guys, listen, do you understand? It takes a lot of courage to believe that. It takes courage to believe that. And so guys, like that's why God is saying, before we get into all the stuff you need to do, you need to have some strength and courage to believe this word. 
to read it and go, you know, Jesus didn't really say I need to give up everything to follow him. He was giving an example that I should, you know, want to give up everything to follow him. And sure, I guess I do. Like, it takes courage to go, no. Jesus said, I got to give up everything to follow him. So Jesus, whatever you want is yours. You can have it. I will follow you to the ends of the earth if you want. Guys, that takes courage. You don't just say that because the worship team hit the right chords on the piano. Like, like it takes courage to believe in God's word. And can I just say this? I don't know. I don't know how you're going to take it. But sometimes my biggest thing with reading God's word is I would just rather read something else. Can I just be honest with you for a second? And can I tell you what my downfall is? <laughs> Dude, leave the jokes to me, okay? I got the mic. All right. <laughs> no, even worse. <laughs> my little guilty pleasure is Leviticus. And I, no, I, my, mine is watching cooking videos on my phone. You know, little videos you're watching, they're like, I've got a recipe in like three steps. I'm going to make this or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, teach me how, you know? And it's like, I'm going to, yeah, it's just like the, I'm going to teach you how to pour a glass of milk. You've never seen it done this way. And I'm like, oh, show me. You know, like I just have it. And so before I know it, I'm down a rabbit hole. Like I'm just looking at all. And I'm just like, yeah, show me another one. Show me another one. And, and before I know it, I'm like, oh, man, I just spent an hour of my life watching these videos and then I go but you know I, I'll read the Bible tomorrow and guys that's what I do sometimes like sometimes I am I am I, I'm vulnerable to do that and so guys it let me tell you something it takes strength when you're sitting in bed watching cooking videos it takes strength to shut that app off and open up God's word and so God knew this but listen, if we really considered this not just a Bible or a book, but we really considered it the Word of God, man, what could be more exciting? What could be more life-giving? Like what if, if we really believe that when we open this book up, we're not just reading a historical novel or context. We're not just looking for inspiration, but that the creator of the universe, the one who created our cells and our body, literally wants to talk to you. And he doesn't want to do it through a mysterious vocal voice or a burning bush or something crazy. Like he's already written it down for us. To, and yet we still need strength. And he's written it down. And every time we read this, guys, this is the author of life pouring his words of life into us. And guys, I believe if we did that, we would realize, man, when we are reading the Bible, we are hearing a word from God. Like, what would we give up? for a face-to-face -face conversation with God. And that's what we get in His Word. Here's number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. He says, uh, be careful when you're reading God's Word. Be careful when you're reading God's Word. Isn't that interesting? Uh, in verse 7, he says, uh, you know, only, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful. And uh, that word careful 
It doesn't mean like a safety hazard. It doesn't mean like put a hard hat on. It, to be careful means to be intentional. Be careful to obey. Be careful to read. Be careful to listen to God's word. It doesn't mean it's just literally the same care that you would take to maybe watch over an infant or the same care you would take to do your job or the same care you would take when you're driving. Like the same, you're intentional, you're thinking about it, you're, you're focused, right? And that's what God says. He says, man, be intentional, be focused, set your mind on this. And here's why. You will not accidentally read God's word. What happens is we have a whole generation, I shouldn't say generation, because this has been happening since literally the Old Testament was written. But we have people now who, who man, the, the extent of their Bible reading, it, it actually, they're trying to get by with accidentally reading it. It's like, oh, I, I saw this dude read a verse on TikTok. Or, man, I, I scrolled and somebody sent me a spiritual meme. And it really spoke to me, you know. And I'm not saying, like, I get those two, and I, I like them, and sometimes I think they're funny, and sometimes I emotionally cry, and sometimes, like, I get all of that, okay? But here's what I'm saying. Nothing can replace the authentic, inspired Word of God. Nothing. And so, guys, we have to be careful to read it. So, so I wanted to say, like, some of you, you may, one of the things I always didn't like about listening to messages about God's Word was uh, no one ever taught me how to read God's Word. Like, it was kind of like, uh, you know, it was like, you should do it, and then you walk out and go, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then you sit down to do it, and you're like, uh, really, Lord, you've got me in the book of Ezekiel? Like, what? Is, this is great. And there's some messed up stuff in the book of Ezekiel. Like, you got to be careful. I mean, it's just, it's like, now everybody wants to go read the book of Ezekiel. Like, it's like, man, it's crazy. And, uh, and, and so, guys, I want to share with you a few things that helped me to not accidentally read God's Word, but to intentionally read God's Word, okay? So I ask these questions. Number one question I ask is, when will I read God's Word? When am I going to read it? Now listen, I was all, always grew up and was told you had to read it first thing in the morning. Here's the problem. I'm not a morning person. And then I even had a youth pastor one time that said, um, oh, really, Brandon, you're not a morning person, so God's not worth it for you? And I'm like, oh, man, you're right. I just need to change. And then I got married and realized that ship has sailed. I'm not changing. Like, I am not. Hey, babe, can you hold it together for a second? Like, I just realized, like, I'm not changing, you know? Like, God did not make me to be a morning person and then say, hey, I don't, I'm not going to wire you to be a morning person. Now wake up and read my word in the morning. So here's what happens. I try, you know, I'll try to read a verse. I'll try to pray and spend some time in the Lord. But my time that's intimate with the Lord usually happens in the afternoon. It doesn't typically happen in the morning time because I don't like to talk to anybody in the morning time. And like, I am talking to God, but it's like save my life types of conversations. Like, Lord, are we doing it again today? Like, what is going on, you know? Lord, where's the coffee? And so when will I read it? Number two, you need to ask the question, what will I read? So when will I read it? When are you going to read God's word? Okay, And it may change every day. Going back to the first one, it may change every day. You may uh, have a different schedule and you say, man, on the weekends I like to read in the morning, but on the week, you know, during the week I like to read in the evenings. It may change, but every day you need a plan for when am I going to read God's words. And then number two is what are you going to read? 
So, like, what, what are you going to read in God's Word? And so I'd encourage you a couple of things. Like, man, read, um, you know, start in the book of Genesis and just start reading. Um, I like, I think I like to start my new year off by reading the book of Proverbs because it's a book of wisdom and I need a lot of wisdom to start the year off. And there's 31 chapters in Proverbs and usually 30 or 31 days in a month. So if I read one a day, then I can finish the whole book of Proverbs in a month. And, uh, and so I like to do that. Um, some of us, man, uh, start reading in the book of John. The book of John is so easy to read. It's captivating. It's a wonderful gospel, and it gets you straight to who Jesus is. It's so good. Read the book of Mark. It's shorter, and uh, you can probably finish it sooner. And read the book of Mark. Like, like, I'm just throwing some ideas out to you, but instead, a lot of times what people want to do is they're going to go, I'm going to read God's Word today. Second Chronicles. All right, what do we do? You know, and the bottom line is like, you don't, you can do that, okay? But you don't have to do that. Like, you can come at it with a plan and uh, maybe don't start also with the book of Revelation. Like, a lot of times people, yeah, I've been wanting to read that. I haven't read my Bible in three years, but let's see what's going on. Listen, you don't need to read it. You're living it, okay? Like, you don't need to, to read it, okay? <laughs> Sorry, that just came out. It's sad. All right, number three question is, who will I read it with? Who will I read it with? You are not made to do everything by yourself. You were made for community. So there are some people who are like, no, I want to read my Bible and leave me alone. And that's fine. But you also need to have times where you are reading the Bible with other people. And it doesn't mean you have to be the one leading a Bible study. It can literally be, hey, I want to read the Bible. You want to read the Bible. Let's read it together. Pastor Brandon said the book of Mark was pretty short. We should knock that thing out pretty quick. Let's read the book of Mark this week. I'll text you every day, and we'll text a little bit about what we're reading. You see that? You don't even have to be in the same state or the same country to read the Bible with other people. But you need people who are doing it with you. And listen, not these what I call accountability partners that are really just guilt trips with souls who are like looking at you saying did you read the bible today and you're like uh, i'll talk to him later you know like i'm not talking about that i'm talking about people that you are literally communing with god with that you're reading it together and you're going man i read mark one and you read mark one and let's talk about it together what'd you get and and we can talk and pray about it all right and then the next question is where will i read it man you need a spot because, listen, if you're like, yeah, I'm just going to read it when I get in bed and I'm tired. If you're like me, you're going to read like a verse and then you're not going to remember it. And you're going to read the same verse for 365 days and still not even have it memorized. Like, you're gonna, that's going to be your story. Okay, so where? Do you have a breakfast nook? Do you have a coffee shop? Is it in your car in the parking lot while you're not driving? Like, what is it, you know? Where are you reading or soaking in God's Word? And then here's the last question is why will I read it? Why? Because here's what I know. You can have all the practical tips and tricks. This is where and who and, and what. But listen, if you don't understand why you're reading God's word, it's not enough to sustain you. If you don't have a motivation, it's not enough to sustain you. We'll talk more about that in a second because uh, here's number three. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're back to Joshua chapter one. <clears throat> Actually do what God's word says actually do what God's word says. This is important for me because I don't often read for enjoyment. Like I do sometimes, but it spurs my mind. Like my mind is spinning constantly. And even if I'm reading like something 
you know, not related to my relationship with God. I'm going, oh man, I read this amazing biography and this person did this and why don't we do that when we follow Jesus? My mind just goes uh, crazy. So this is really good for me, but it's good for all of us. Guys, listen, is God doesn't want us to just read it. God wants us to do what it says. And so listen to me. Reading your Bible this year is not about receiving more information. It's about receiving transformation from God. Because we have informationed the heck out of God's word. I mean, we've got commentaries and we've got books and we've got podcasts and YouTube videos and sermons and messages and highlighters and study Bibles. Oh my, like we have all of this information on God's word. But brother and sister, listen to me. If that information is not leading you to heart transformation, then you are a biblical Pharisee. Like you are soaking in. And what's happened is we have a whole like former, I'm not talking about Gen Z or this current, I'm talking about like like my parents and before them. We have generations of Americans who've grown up in church and just said, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. More information, more Bible studies, more discipleship classes, more study Bibles, more information. And they've gotten so fat from being fed the word of God that they can't even get out of their seats to go tell somebody about Jesus. And that's, that's how the church dies. They did everything, man. They were grounded in the word. And that's great. But if we're not doing what the word says, then we're missing God's heart for us. We're missing the relationship elements of God's word. Now listen to me. This is, it is hard. It is hard to do what God's word says. That's one of the reasons we don't do it alone. <laughs> it's one of the reasons we do it with other people. So I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm, or I'm, just saying, I'm just saying this. The devil doesn't care how many commentaries you own. The devil doesn't care if you've been to Bible college or seminary. The devil doesn't care if you've read through the Bible two times this past year. As long as you don't let it lead you to a greater obedience to Jesus, he will leave you alone. Because you are of no threat. Guys, we got to let that knowledge lead us to obedience. Um, here's number four. Is, uh, it's, it's kind of a warning. And remember, guys, I'm just going straight through verses seven through nine, Okay. So you can follow along. I'm not going back to read it, but you can follow. I'm just going straight through verses 7 through 9. Number four is a warning. He says, hey, don't drift. He says it, God says it this way. He says, don't veer to the right or to the left, right? And what he's saying is, don't drift. Um, uh, Pastor Bob is one of my great friends up at Impact Nova in Chantilly, and uh, he used to be a pilot, and um, he, he used to tell me this all the time, and uh, uh, we, we'd kind of talk, and he'd say, yeah, when I was a pilot, I would do this or that, and I started hearing stories, and I was like, man, I'm really glad you're not a pilot anymore, like, that sounds kind of dangerous, you know, but he'd tell me these stories, and he says, the hard thing about being a pilot is you got to be exactly right on, like, if they give you these directions, and they tell you, like, be at this degree, then you better be at that degree, because if you are one degree off, it may not feel like much for the next 300 miles, 500 miles, but by the end of your trip, you will end up on the other side of the planet if you're one degree off. And guys, our spiritual life is a lot like that. 
it may not feel like much. You go, Brandon, it's just a little sin, and I'm, I'm working on it. Or, or, Brandon, I don't know if it's a sin, or I, I don't really know if I care. Or, or you may be going, Brandon, I, I know I will read God's Word. It's just been a really hard two years or three years. And I'm going, man, I know. Like, listen, I have sympathy for you. I understand things happen in our lives. But, brother and sister, listen to me. you got to get back. you got to have a course correction. You got to get back going on the direction that God has for you. And how do you know the direction that God has for you? You read His Word. That's how you know. Without reading His Word, guys, we'll go this way. And then that's why we read God's Word, and He goes, ah, ah, ah. And we go, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Kind of like teaching, you know, when I was teaching all my kids how to walk, you know? It's like, no, 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 this direction, this direction. It's like crazy. And guys, that's what happens to us. And so we got to make sure, like, God gives us a warning. He says, don't drift. And guys, staying in God's word consistently keeps us right where God wants us. It keeps us right in the middle of his will. But then he says this. He, this one actually comes with a promise. He says, if you won't drift, you will have success. If you won't drift, you will have success. Now, listen, there's a lot of definitions for success, right? Some people, immediately when you hear success, you think of getting a big promotion, you think of fame, you think of popularity, you think of more moolah, more money, like you think of these things. But listen, success doesn't necessarily mean that. What is success to God? Success to God is staying faithful to Him and seeing Him accomplish what only He can accomplish in your life. That is success. And if you want to see success... We don't drift. Here's number five. Number five is, you can write this down, don't stop talking about God's word. He says, man, don't let the word leave your mouth. Talk about it. Don't stop talking about God's word. See, it's, it's assumed that as you follow Jesus, he will call you out of your complacency and send you on mission to make his name famous. If you, if you look right before, he says, don't let it, but he says, you will have success wherever you go. He doesn't say you will have success staying right where you're at. He says, you will have success wherever you go. It is assumed by God that we are going on mission. He knew Joshua. He said, Joshua, you're not going to overtake all of this land as far as the eye can see by standing right here. You're about to go. And that's the same thing Jesus said, isn't it? In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, when he looked at his disciples and he says, therefore, go. He says, because I know you're not going to stay on top of this mountain forever. So as you go, make disciples and teach them to obey what I've commanded you. And guys, we see that before Jesus said that, God said that right here in Joshua. As you're going, don't let my words depart from your mouth. Be ready to teach and, and go. And God knew he's going to be sending Joshua and God's people to different nations. Guys, Joshua and, and God's people are about to encounter all these different nations who have all these different gods. And God's solution to show that he is the one true God, even before Jesus, to all of the nations was to send Joshua and his people into their land and say, go and don't let my word depart from your mouth. Go and teach them my ways and my word so that they will glorify my name and know who I am. God had a heart for the nations before the New Testament. 
God's heart for the nations started at the very beginning, and we see it right here with Joshua. In fact, there's going to be this little story about Rahab uh, through in the book of Joshua, and they're going to rescue Rahab, and Rahab is going to end up worshiping God, and then Rahab is going to find herself in the lineage that brings Jesus Christ into the world. Because God has a plan for your life to reach the nations. But if we keep God's word down in our hearts, buried, and we're not showing any life transformation, it's not just bad for us. Guys, it is bad for the billion plus people in the world who don't know about Jesus. Number six, you can write this down, is meditate on God's word all the time. Right? He says meditate on it day and night. I just said all the time. See, uh, the context of Joshua being written is God's people had become complacent. God's people, many of them were leaving faith in God. Um, they were abandoning God's ways to go do kind of what they wanted to do. And uh, man, we might be in a time similar to that today where people are going, man, I'm tired of waiting on God. I'm tired. God's way isn't working. Like, let's go do things the culture's way or let's do things my truth and my way. And guys, God gives a warning for that and says, no, no, don't let God's word depart from your mouth. Even when like you're tempted to stray or tempted to drift, like don't let God's word. In fact, that word meditate in our language, the ancient Hebrew translates to mutter, to mutter. In fact, I heard somebody say that today. They were like, hey, what are you, what are you mumbling about? What, what are you mumbling? Like we do that, right? Any mumblers in the house? We do that with songs a lot right? Where we're just walking around, we're just like, and we mumble. And that's what he says, do with God's word. It needs to be so on the top of your brain, so at the front of your heart, that you're just walking around mumbling it. <laughs> People are like, what is he saying? And it's like, man, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. And, and like, we just mumble it, mumble God's word, all right? And some people go, Brandon, I don't, I'm not good at memorizing things, but you know, I just, I just don't think that's true because um, you guys know uh, my, the, my favorite thing to mumble? I, I don't know. This has just been since I'm a kid, right? In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my day. Anybody know? Okay, all right, all right. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> See? And so immediately, like, some of us are going, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. I know that song. And, uh, and, that's, and you haven't heard it maybe in years. And guys, that, so we can memorize things, all right? We can memorize things, and we should memorize and meditate on God's word. Here's the last one, and worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. Here's number seven. Don't put your stuff away just because they're coming up. Write this down, number seven. Hey, guys, listen, throughout all of this, this can be intimidating, so let me just end with this. Don't be afraid because God is with you. Don't be afraid because God is with you. I know it may be intimidating. You're like, I don't know if I can do this, Brandon. You're doing all this stuff. And to me, I'm just, it's just a miracle I came to church today. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to like start reading the Bible. I just want to say you like, God knew that, which is why he ends this passage with this word of encouragement. Do not be afraid. I will be with you wherever you go. Guys, like, God isn't telling you to do this to punish you. God isn't telling you to do this because it's some tip and trick and you'll unlock a secret spiritual code if you do this. God wants relationship with us. God wants you to know Him. God does not want to remain a mystery to you. God wants you to know Him so much. 
And the secret to knowing him is reading God's word. It can be scary to read it. It can be scary to feel like, yeah, but if I start reading it, you said I had to do what it says. So Brandon, I'm not scared to read it. I'm scared about, you know, the whole doing thing. Hey, I get that. It got me in the mess I'm in today. But here's what I know. There's never been a day. There's never been a minute. There's never been a second. That the God who created me, the God of the heavens and the earth, has not literally been with me. Because I did what he said to do. God knows it can be intimidating. And so all these commands, all these things we talked about today came with a promise. The promise isn't that you'll grow in more knowledge. The promise isn't that you'll be able to impress everyone with your wisdom. The promise isn't that you'll become a, a preacher or a teacher or a scholar. The promise is that God will be with you. Would you guys bow and pray with me? I just want to ask you these three questions today. Just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to reflect on these. Number one, will you commit today to consistently reading God's Word this year? Number two, will you commit to obey God's word this year? And number three, will you commit to share God's word this year? This could be the year, not that you grow in knowledge or wisdom or influence, but the year you grow in your relationship with God and know him more than you ever have. Do you want that? And if you do, do not trust in your ability to keep any of these commitments today. Trust in Jesus' love for you, that though we may break the commitment as soon as tomorrow morning, that Jesus will still love you, that he still died for you, that he's still alive, and he still wants you. And you can still have a fresh start. Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.